What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Chasing It on the 3013. Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel. Delighted to be joined this week by Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Justin, thanks for being with us today, man. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's yeah, go, man. Yeah. It's been a while. I see the cut, you know, and we were just talking off camera. I'm like, man, everyone's obsessed with your hair. And you said, I didn't even notice because I came up week 16 uh, to sit in the quarterback room with you guys. And then the next week it's chopped off. What, what made you do it this week? Or this yeah, year? you had a big impact on me. So I, I saw you and I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to cut my hair. So thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Listen, as someone a little older than you guys, just be glad that you still have it to cut. Okay. Yeah, I'm jealous. That's, honestly. that's the thing. Jealous. That's the thing you need to worry about going forward um, when it comes to hair. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of things besides your follicles that we want to talk about. So uh, obviously the big news uh, with the Chargers organization, change in GM, change in uh, head coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh is there. What was your reaction when you first heard that Jim was going to be the new head coach? Yeah, fired up. You know, uh, he's done such a, a great job at the NFL level, college level. He's he's had success wherever he goes. And, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to win. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to play for him. What were your first conversations with him? Have you talked to him yet? I'm sure you have. You guys are building out the offense. But when he got hired, I remember that day I texted you. I'm like, hey, guy, you got, you got Harbaugh. And you're like, oh, yeah, I think so. You know, and you hadn't really talked to him a lot. Have you talked to him since? And what have those conversations been like? Yeah, just talking about the offense, his vision for what the team looks like, offense, defense. Um, you know, I, I know this is their busy time where they're dealing with the combine, putting in the offense, kind of getting together their entire staff. So, um, you know, from the, the times that I have talked to him, he, he seems like a competitor. He just wants to win. Um, and that's definitely a guy you want to play for. Has he sort of uh, flushed out any real ideas or changes that he wants to implement? Or is it just sort of broad uh, topics right now? Yeah, I think right now it's kind of just broad topics. Um, you know, they've got so much going on with scouting, combine, yeah. um, you know, putting together the, the entire offense, like I said. So, um, you know, I'm sure that in the next couple of months, especially when OTA start up, we'll get into the finer details. But uh, just really excited to work with him. And, um, you know, from the, the short conversations that we've had so far, have been really exciting. And I do want to ask you, Justin, about Shane Day. Obviously, was our quarterback coach in 2021 and 2022. Was in Houston last year. He's back now this year talk a little bit about the impact that he's had on you as a player because I know from experience just watching you guys work and did you have an impact in bringing him back here to be the quarterback coach Shane has been one of my favorite coaches of all time um you know just his understanding of the game the way he treats that quarterback room the way he gets us prepared um you know he's a true professional and you can kind of talk to that as well if, how prepared he is each week and how much he understands about the game. And, you know, he's an incredible person too. So to have a guy like that in your corner to fight for you um, and to, to teach you and to help you grow, um, you know, there's no one better than that. Yeah. Uh, obviously all this change comes because it was a disappointing season uh, for the Chargers. So how would you, Justin, having gone through it and injuries on both hands at one point, how would you describe the 2023-2024 season? Um, I don't know if I could just put it into one word. You know, I think it, that's a kind of a, a tough question. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot that goes into a year. We're here for the tough questions, Justin. We're here for the very <laughs> tough questions. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, but it, it's one of those things that we have to be better. Um, you know, we, we have to learn from those mistakes. And sometimes you have to go through things like that to, to know better and to learn and to grow from that. And no one wants to experience a, a season like that. Um, but I know that we're going to be better because of it. The guys in that locker room are going to be tighter together. We're going to be closer. And 
Uh, we know what we need to fix now. And, and so paired up with this new coaching staff, these guys that we bring in, um, I know that we'll be focused and dialed in for this year. And everyone's talked about, at least that I've talked with, uh, within the Chargers organization and seen it right uh, firsthand with you, um, your maturation process as a leader, right? Like there's a lot of older guys on the team that <clears throat> honestly, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Mike Williams, Keenan Allens, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, all these guys, right? And you're stepping in um, to a little bit of older yourself. So what has your process been like? Because I know I've seen it, but what has your process been like from a leadership standpoint and just being the more vocal leader that you have become? Yeah, I think that's one of those things that you can always work on. You can keep building on that each year. And, you know, I think I've, I've done a good job of that, but I can, I've got a long room, a lot of room for improvement. Um, yeah. And so that's one of those things this offseason that we're going to take control of. And as soon as we get their OTAs, um, you know, we're going to have to do things a little bit differently. Uh, you know, whatever happened last year, it wasn't good enough. And we're going to have to evaluate. And we've been watching a lot of film so far. Um, so picking up things fundamentally, um, you know, in that locker room, out on the practice field, weight room, it's little things that add up. And, you know, I, I'm sure that we're going to attack those this year. Speaking of taking control, obviously the Charger fan base has been through a lot of frustration. You know, we've seen, you know, uh, so many times it feels like the Chargers are right there and then something happens, you know, 27 to nothing, the game's against Kansas City. What can you say to the Charger fan base that, make, that will let them know that maybe this is the time with this coach and, and the team that we have now that it might be different going forward? Um, you know, I think that's another a tough question. I, I don't think there's one set of words that can, you know, put people at, at ease or, um, you know, I don't, I don't have comforting words of, Hey, this is, it's all going to be okay. The NFL is a tough game and we're going to do everything we can. And the margin for error is so small in the NFL that we really have to track, attack those little things. And, you know, I think it starts there and I think it starts in the OTAs and when everyone shows up, um, in the weight room, out on the field, practice field, any chance we have to, to become a better team, you know, I think that's what we need to attack. Um, yeah. and I know the guys that are, I've already talked to and mentioned that they're going to be coming back pretty soon. Um, they're fired up and, and ready to get after it. And, um, that's all you can ask for, you know, their best effort, um, you know, at all times. And I know that we've got the locker room to be able to handle that. And, and listen, I, I don't want to dwell on this, but I just, I, everybody sort of talks about it. You know, this thing with the chargers, how, how aware are you guys as a team? Do you hear all that? Do you hear the noise and the term chargering? Like how does, how do, how does the team deal with that? I have not. What yeah. could you kind of? Uh, All right, yeah, uh, Trey, explain charge. what that means. No, no, okay, no. So Ch Chase knows. I mean, the term charging is like, I, you almost get it done, and it sort of takes that step back instead of getting it over the hump, basically. And that's sort of a, you know, I, after a couple of games, people say, "Well, the Chargers are going to charger," you know, and like, how do you how do you combat that going forward? Uh, kind of like I just said, you know, it, it starts with those small things. Um, you know, I, I don't have comforting words or anything to, um, you know, to say to, to say, hey, like, you know, it's it's all going to be perfect because it's it's the NFL. It's tough. Teams are going to lose and um, teams are going to win. And, you know, that's the facts about it. And, and so we have to do everything we can to, to minimize those errors to, um, you know, to take away from that small margin of error. So there's there's things that we can attack, small things that, you know, showing up on time, um, just little things like that that add up. Yeah, and I think Trey, with that, with with your respect to that, like within the locker room, like guys don't guys don't care about that shit. Like they, they really don't. You know, it's just like I, no, I stuff, just I was just aware if they were aware. People. That's all. Yeah, no, and and I think I think that that's what honestly, like, I know from my time in LA, like 
those guys in that locker room, like it's one of the best locker rooms I've been around. Like all the guys within the locker room, the leadership standpoint. And, and I think that that's what you're seeing them trying to do right now, right? With Harbaugh and everyone else, like trying to get that next step. They got the quarterback. They got the, the, the pieces uh, put in place for it. And so I'm excited to see what you guys are going to do. But like recently, Justin Keenan uh, called you one of the most talented players he's ever played with. Where would you uh, put Keenan among the NFL's best receivers. And what do you think Keenan does so well that he just, it's, he's like fine wine, man. He just gets better with age. It really is like, I see him practice and I'm just like, how is he doing the things in practice? But he, he continues to do it in the game. Yeah, he's a true professional. You know, he, he takes great care of his body and uh, to be able to do it for, you know, eight plus years is, is really impressive. And, you know, he hasn't dropped off at all. And uh, to have a guy like that, who's so friendly to the quarterback that understands, um, you know, defensive leverage, how to attack it, where to get open. Uh, he really understands those soft spots, just sitting down in zone. And uh, to have a guy like that, you know, it makes my job so much easier. Um, he's definitely one of the most underrated receivers that I've ever been at the heart, played with. Um, you know, I think he's a top guy. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, it's a, a true honor to play next to him. And just a great, you're, what, what, great route runner. I mean, he knows the intricacies of where to be on the field at all times. All right, let, let's do some, some of the fun stuff now. Uh, obviously, you guys were teammates for a little bit. What were your first impressions of Chase Daniel the first time oh you met him? Oh, my gosh. Tell the truth, too. Don't, don't be, you know, because, you know, who knows what happens. <laughs> um, no, I, I knew that there's, uh, there's a reason that he, he stuck around in the NFL so long. You know, he's an incredible teammate, incredible person. He's smart. Um, and he can throw the ball too. So to have a guy like that, you know, it's no surprise that he's – how many years was it, 13? 14, yeah, 14. 14. Last two yeah, were three too, yeah. I don't want to cut you a year short, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't – it's not by luck. So I, I think I, I knew immediately this is a guy that you respect. Uh, his, his teammates, especially in the Chargers, respected him as well. Um, so he's was, was a huge addition to the team. Yeah, and, and for, for me, for Justin, like I, I just remember like you just come off winning rookie of the year. And when I had signed there, uh, we had chatted, we played golf um, a, a few times, but like, I always remember you just constantly, like his, your demeanor, right? Like it's always wanting to get better. Like, like you're just so freaking nice, but also like driven to a point be like, where you would just pepper me with questions, but in a way that was just like, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking like, this guy just won rookie of the year. I'm a career backup. Like, what can you learn from me? Like, I'm the one trying to learn from you. So I think that was the biggest thing like that I took away was like, man, like this guy is constantly in everything that he does, right? Eat, sleeps, breathe, quarterback, trying to get better, uh, especially in the off season. So I think that's, um, I think that's awesome. Speaking of off season, you're in Eugene right now. Um, talk a little bit. Have you been fishing? Cause I know like you were the president of your high school fishing club. Have you been fishing up there? Like, like nerd out about fishing some, have you been on a fishing trip lately? Like tell me some more stuff about fishing. No, I haven't been recently. It's a little cold right now. Um, you know, I'm sure there's, um, some fishing to be done, but it kind of gets better in the summer. Um, especially down in California as well. So when I head back down there, um, you know, kind of late April, Rolling into June, July, those are the months that you really get after it. I so, know so nothing what about kind fishing, of fishing at all. Yeah, yeah. What kind of fishing Zero. is your favorite? Because there's a million different ways to fish. My my grandfather was the head of the Bassmasters Association in Texarkana, wow. Texas. So yeah. Okay. So what like what what is it? A what is it about fishing you like so much? And what's your favorite kind of fishing? Yeah, um, I think it's kind of relaxing. I, I think it's a you know a, a true skilled um, sport where you have to know what you're doing or, or you're not going to catch anything. And, um, you know, I would say my favorite type of fishing is probably deep sea fishing. Um, you know, 
off the coast of Oregon, you can go catch some big halibut, some salmon, um, some things like that and cook them up and, and they're pretty tasty too. Have you ever been um, uh, tuna fishing uh, before? Like, cause I remember I've been deep sea fishing twice and we caught like, I think a bluefin tuna in Cabo or Mexico. Have you ever been? Those things are freaking massive and hard to, to reel in. Yeah. And tuna is one of my favorite foods. So it's, it's uh, definitely yeah. a fun experience. Dude, no, I, awesome. I eat a lot of tuna out here. Trust me, the ahi pokey on the island. Chef's kiss good. Um, let's, you, you were one of the most interesting people in the 2020 draft for me because we, we did all the research and we're trying to figure all this stuff out. And people had yeah. these sort of wild uh, variances about you going into the draft. Your skill set was great. All this, but I remember the people were like, well, does he really like football? Is he gonna is he gonna leave to do be a doctor? Uh, you know, is he is he is he too quiet to be a leader? What did you make of all of that stuff for you heading into the draft? Well, I really didn't listen too much of it. Um, you know, I, I think I, I did my best to just go be myself, and especially at the combine, the Senior Bowl, um, I had an opportunity to be genuine and, and to show teams, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Um, I wouldn't say I'm too quiet. I, you know, I, I think I talk too much sometimes. Um, <laughs> I do love football. I, I've, that's the only sport that I've ever wanted to play. And, uh, I have no plans of becoming a doctor. I, I don't think I could do that. Um, <laughs> you could too. You're so smart. You so, absolutely could. You have the photogenic memory. bro. Well, well, I mean, that was, but that was a big part of your, your, your college curriculum, right? Yeah, that was kind of a, um, a plan of mine, but I'm, I'm really thankful football worked out. um do you remember so i have your i have your uh combine results like like testing times do you remember because obviously combine coming up there's all this talk about the quarterbacks i was actually i mean i know you're like really fast because you when you time to use your legs you're able to get out of the pocket scramble correctly or like perfectly do you remember your 40 yard dash time i do What, what 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 was it four six eight yeah dude I, I saw good. four six eight and I'm like, dude, that is moving. I think I ran like a four nine in the combine, but it was like ridiculous. All right, do you remember what your vertical jump was? This is insane uh, too. No, but I think when when we compare forty times, I think my legs might be a little bit longer than yours. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew you bit, were gonna say that. Bit, I was hoping you or Trey would say that. Oh my gosh! All right, do you remember vertical jump? Uh, thirty four maybe. Thirty six, dude. Nice. Now you, now you shorted yourself. Yeah, you yeah, just, you bro. shorted Chase early, but you just shorted yourself. Come on, undersell. And and and, and then what Under, is your... undersell and over deliver? Yes. And then and then like you know, I have been very outspoken about the combine. Like I, I think that it is not the best thing to do. Like I just think it's other than meeting teams. Like, can you tell me a favorite or a horrible combine story of yours? Because I know mine is when they wake you up when you first get there and they make you p-test at 5 a.m. and then keep you up until 9 p.m. and test and you're warming up and it's just like oh do you have any of those like good or bad just like i just oh, i don't love the combine the combine was tough um i think they do a good job of kind of putting athletes in a difficult position you know they really test you yeah. and they strain you and i think it's probably a good thing to, to see you know how much can you be on time? Can you handle this load? Um, so I, I think in, in terms of that, you know, I think they do a pretty good job, uh, but it is tough. It's, it's definitely tough to wake up that early, um, to go through all these meetings, to have your brain wired in such a way that you're on all day. Um, but I thought it was really cool to meet all those guys, you know, guys that you've competed against, you've watched them play, and, and now you get the chance to catch up with them, talk to them about, about their year, what they do outside of football. So, you know, I thought that 
um, experience was really cool when you bring all those guys together and, and be able to hang out with them. Did did any meetings with uh, staff stick out to you? Like that one or two people that like, because I'm sure you got obviously interviewed by a lot of people. And did you have any idea that the Chargers was going to pick you? Um, no, I, I think you just meet with so many teams that they all kind of blend together. Um, my experience with the Chargers, I think I might have messed up a play. And so I walked out of there not feeling so great. Where I was like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be a Charger. <laughs> um, but thankfully I think it's one of those places that I've continued to work on and, and have gotten better since. So, <laughs> well, that's oh. improvements all anybody's looking for. So, so with that in mind, and obviously the success you've had, what advice would you give to quarterbacks like Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy, Drake may Caleb Williams, as they're about to go through this process, because it is a, it, it is a daunting thing to go through this process and then begin your career in the NFL. So, you know, everyone loves to draft a quarterback, except when it doesn't work out. And then it's the worst thing in the world. So what advice would you give to these guys that are about to go through the fishbowl process in a way that they probably don't even really understand yet? Yeah, um, you know, I'd probably say a couple things. I, I think put your head down and work um, and just fall in love with the process and understand that, you know, it's going to be one of the tougher things that you do in your life. And, um, you know, the amount of work, whether it comes in the weight room, the film room, out on the practice field, um, it's not easy. And, you know, I think the second thing would be to just be bulletproof, to, to be so tough that, um, you know, you got to lead that team. Everyone's going to look at you as the quarterback. And when things are good, you know, things are good. But when things are, are bad, you have to be tough. You have to be you have to be able to handle the criticism. You have to be able to keep your head up um, and keep moving forward because, you know, the team goes as you do. OK, let's um, I we have some fan questions. We've never done this. You're the first person that we've this is our 25th episode of yes. the podcast. Yes. Okay. And we have some fan questions for you. I put it on my Twitter like an hour ago and there's like 150 questions. We're not going to ask you 150 questions. Okay. So here you go. Shane, this is from the Twitter account. Shane goes pew. Okay. What's his hair product of choice? Is he a pomade guy? Is he just a wake it up and flip it? What are we doing here? Uh, that's a great question. I don't really put a whole lot of gel in there. You know, I've kind of just used the Dr. Squatch stuff that, you know, I think I got the team when you were here. Yeah. Um, yes, so dude. I got the soap to too and the body wash. Yeah. Yeah. And they're coming out with a whole bunch of new products. So, um, you know, that was a great opportunity for me to, to say that. Yeah. Doctor, I know, right. I know you guys use that very well. That's awesome. This, What's your this next This is one? a good one. Uh, this is from Jacob Berger. Uh, because I have a feeling about this. He said, ask him, ask you, do you think wins and losses are a quarterback stat? Because I, before you answer, I, I don't believe they are. I think teams win games, teams win championships. The quarterback can help the, the team win, but if the players don't block, if the receivers don't catch, then it all falls apart. So I do not believe that wins and losses are a quarterback stat. Do you think wins and losses are a quarterback stat? Um, I think it's always a reflection of you know how well the quarterback plays. I, I think they're definitely games that the quarterback can affect um, immensely. And so I, I think it can kind of be going go both ways. Like you said, you know, I think, um, you know, it is a team sport, but at the same time, the quarterback ha has a large impact on the game. Okay. This is from steer ghost random Twitter handles. I don't get that. Um, all right. So you obviously played at Oregon. You've only played with LA in my opinion, two of the best uniforms in all of sports you've gotten to wear. What is your favorite uniform combination? And which one do you like putting on the most to feel like you're going to get a W in? Just the powder blues. The powder blues with the yes. white pants. Um, yes. You know, classic. Yes. The, the best answer. Without it's question. definitely my favorite, yeah. What about at I, Oregon? Because I, I know you guys had a ton of different ones. Was there one that stuck out to you? I like the one 
Um, I think it was like it was like sprayed on paint. It was all white. It was like sprayed on paint. I mean, you guys have had thousands of combos. Yeah. Um, I would say that we just had chrome helmets my senior year, and yes. whenever we brought the chrome helmets out, I, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Whatever jersey, it didn't really bother me. You know. Yeah, dude. Jerseys are jerseys, but the, the chrome helmets were pretty cool. The chrome helmets were fire, and I put the chrome helmets with the powder blues. Then and the wing. (laughs) Then we might really have something. All right, Jason Delgado says, I know that uh, Justin's a big Christopher Nolan fan. What were your thoughts on Oppenheimer? Uh, I thought it was a good movie. Um, I was a little surprised that it was more so about, um, you know, his his backstory. And I thought it was going to be more about the atomic bomb, but... uh, yeah, you only saw a short clippage of, of that, so I, I thought that was cool. But uh, it was a long movie, um, so I, I did. It was I just a long movie. Three hours. <laughs> my favorite, my, my my favorite part about Oppenheimer was the, the the way they went back and forth from black and white to color, and the way they used that to set up oh, yeah, what they were talking cool. about. I thought I thought that was very cool. Do, do you have a favorite Christopher Nolan movie? Yeah, it's always been um, Interstellar, Inception, or The Prestige. Yes, yeah. the Prestige, dude, is low-key so good. The Prestige is the one Nolan film that nobody yes. talks about, and it yes. is incredible. It yeah. is incredible. Oh and the cast in that movie, oh, my God. Absolutely okay. fantastic. I know, so this is from Griffin Lee, and I know I, this actually makes sense because I played golf with you. You're an amazing golfer. You hit the ball 400 yards. And um, are you, first of all, are you back golfing uh, now with your finger stuff? And then what is your dream Golf foursome. Like, who would you pick? If you could pick anyone in the world to play golf with, who would you do? Uh, yeah, I have been cleared to golf. Both my fingers are, are doing much better now. Um, so I've only played once or twice. Eugene, the weather's not great down here, so I haven't really had the opportunity to. Um, but if I could put together um, a group of guys, I'd probably go with my dad, my older brother, and my grandpa. Um, you know, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, it'd be cool yeah. to get those guys back together. That's amazing. Putting the band back together. Great answer. Okay, I think this guy might be a Chargers fan. Uh, his Twitter <laughs> handle is Ladanian Gates. Uh, <laughs> so I think this guy's a big Chargers fan. He said, ask him what he would want to add to the team if he was given the choice. If you could do add one thing to the team, what would you add? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough question. I'd probably bring Chase Daniel back. Uh, you know, you can always oh. back like that in the room. I was going to say, how about a sauna steam room, like, mix area do you guys have those yet yeah we've got two saunas so that was oh a, they got saunas now yeah and oh we've got a new gosh. facility coming next year um oh yeah have you got a chance to tour it yet um i've seen just pictures I, i've driven by yeah. a couple times but looks insane yeah chase right. once they cut your fat contract they had they had money for saunas so hey man hey man <laughs> i made like way like, okay yeah, whatever all right last one for me and then I, like uh but so Everyone knows, well, everyone, most diehard Chargers fans know you love brisket, right? Like, you are a brisket, you love cooking on the Traeger, you invited us out to your golf uh, event uh, in in Oregon, and you had the Traeger guys cooking for us, it was awesome. So, we need, so this is from (laughs) Sad Juby on Twitter, we need his brisket cooking instructions, and if brisket's not available, what's your go-to meat? Yeah, oof. Um, brisket, I just followed the Traeger recipe online, so it takes about 12 hours. Um, wow. I think I'd start Traeger at about bro. 180. You get the 
the brisket up to about 160 internal temperature, then you crank it up to 225, you add beef broth, you wrap it back up in tin foil, um, and you let that go for like seven more hours. So it's a, I put it on pretty early in the morning and then wake up and it should be good to go by dinner time. And then what was um, your, if you could, if brisket's not available, what's your go-to meat? Like what do you, what else? That's do you right. Uh, ribs. I think ribs are really good. Um, yes, dude. they're pretty a rib easy. recipe that you like to follow. Just the trade to recipe. I, you know, I don't, I don't go too rogue. Uh, you know, I stick to the script and, and do my best with that. Justin Herbert, a buy the book guy is what we're learning Buy the book, whatever, whatever the book says, that's what we're doing. Uh, listen, we, uh, just a couple more and we'll, uh, we'll let you go here. Um, is there one defender in the league that gives you, or a, or a defensive coach that gives you more issues than anybody else that you've faced so far in your career? Um, I think there are a lot of really good defenders in our league, especially our division. Um, you know, anytime you go up against um, Max Crosby, Chris Jones, Patrick Sertain, um, you know, it's a really good division. You got those star players that, you know, definitely you have to be aware of on the field. Um, they've done such a good job of impacting the game that, um, you know, you watch them on film and you just see them make plays all over the place. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, is there is there one corner that has given you more trouble than anybody else in the league? Um, I, I think there are quite a few. Like I, I mentioned, Patrick Sertain, yeah. you know, I, I think he's very impressive. I think Stephon Gilmore is, is really good as well. We played him a couple times. Um, he's good. And you could just go down the list of all these great guys in the league. But, you know, I, I, those two come to mind. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question, then we'll let you go. The one thing you want to accomplish outside of football, what is it? Mm. Oof. I don't know if I've gotten there yet. You know, I think everything's been so far football right now that uh, I might have to have some more time to answer that question. Um, that the fan base is going to love that one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the Charger fan base is going to love that answer. I'll tell you that. That's awesome. Um, hey, Justin, cool. we appreciate your time, man. Thanks, thanks for being with us today. Best of luck, and we'll see how this all works out with uh, Jim and the new coaching staff. Okay. You bet. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks to Justin uh, for jumping on. It's kind of interesting, right? I, I don't think I've ever seen a Justin Herbert interview anywhere, no, let alone one 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, we got a 25-minute interview. And honestly, like uh, the football stuff, like love what he said. And I think that they're going to end for a big year. I truly do. Yeah. But the most interesting thing to me was, was all the fan questions and the grilling and stuff because – you know, he's almost like the unicorn in that, in that matter where yeah. like, he just doesn't talk a lot in two, two people like give interviews. He talks a ton to like me and to his teammates and the people that he trusts and knows. So for him to come on like huge, 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 thank you uh, yeah. to Justin for doing that. And he texts, he texted me after, and he was just like, just so you know, I would not have done that for anyone else but you. I would have told him to get get the heck out of here. So we appreciate you, Justin. We do. But yeah, just all this stuff about like the fishing. Huge Christopher Nolan fan. Good job on you because I, I I knew that that Interstellar was one of his favorite movies. Like stuff like that, and, and just the fan stuff about the hair, and and uh, the product that he uses, and the golfing and stuff. All that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, all right. So all that being said, what are realistic expectations uh, for the Chargers in the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs division that they play in? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the biggest thing for the Los Angeles Chargers is the fact that they went out and they swung for the fences and yeah. landed Jim Harbaugh. Like, like that, to me, says it all. Because, as you heard in the interview, and he's not aware of it, and a lot of guys in, in the locker room aren't aware of it, they don't know what chargering is, okay? Let, let me just make yeah. sure to tell you that the front office, okay, they know and they hear Very what's happening. Very aware. And they yeah. swung for the fences, so... 
bravo to the Spanos for doing that because I do think that they're one or two pieces away from the coaching side, right? And I think that's the biggest thing that they're going to have. And you heard Justin say it himself. It's like, hey, they're working really hard on what this team will look like getting ready for draft and combine. And like I mentioned, it's the Mike Williams, it's Keenan Allen, it's Joey Bosa, it's Khalil Mack. All those guys have like almost $150 million cap hit together. Like it's yeah. wild. Maybe not 150, but like yeah. it's up there. And it's a that's lot. the biggest thing they got to figure out. Do we want to go cheap? Do we want to go young? We, our building blocks are Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater, Derwin James. Those are the three things that we have right now. We got to figure out the running back situation. We got to shore up the offensive line. We got to get better on defense. So for me, my expectation for them is to compete like hell in the AFC West. They always, always, always play um, the Chiefs difficult like, like they always give them games and we always give them games when I was there and it was the same way this way I think with the revamped roster and tools I think that you you should challenge for the division I don't know if anyone's going to dethrone Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs but make that wild card make the playoffs yeah. with the roster you have depending on how you go is it a huge fire sale is it not like you have to be in the playoffs and I do think and this is what people don't realize I am so excited to watch Justin Herbert in this Harbaugh and Greg Roman offense. I think it's going to be electric. I think he's going to play some of the best ball of his career. I'm really excited to see what happens. Well, first of all, it, the Chargers have swung for the fences before. I mean, when they make the trade for Khalil Mack, and they do, they, they, they've swung before, and they just haven't connected. So we're hoping this time yeah. with Harbaugh that the swing results in the ball going over the fence. Uh, because that's that's why that label is out there. I mean, they, they try all this stuff, and it just never seems to work. You mentioned Greg Roman, and I think this is interesting, because I think Austin Eckler is still a very functional back, but he's just not going to get paid what he wants. Yeah. We all know that. But Greg Roman, the new OC in in, uh, in L.A. for the Chargers, had a very interesting comment where he just said, look, Justin's really never had a, a solid running game. And Austin Eckler has been a touchdown machine, not so much this year, but the past two seasons. Like, if you draft Austin Eckler on your fantasy team, you're in the playoffs every year basically just because of Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah. so, so what do you make of those comments by Greg Roman about Herbert never having a, a solid running game? And does that tell you that Eckler's probably not going to be a Charger anymore? Uh, I talked to Austin at Super Bowl, and I, I think he's ready for a fresh start. Uh, and not to say that they won't come back to the Chargers, and not to say he won't resign for the Chargers, but like you mentioned, the dude in 2021 and 2022 scored 40 total touchdowns. Now, there's some through Crazy. air, some through the ground. I mean, 20 touchdowns a year through two years, and he was been hurt, and they didn't use him as much this year. I, I get that. Uh, the dude still has two or three years left, I think, in, in his prime because he's an absolute beast in the weight room. Like, like I'm yeah. telling you, like so his workouts are legendary. His work, it's his insane. workouts are legendary. Yeah. Yes, but I, I do. I don't think that Greg Roman meant any harm by that. What I do think is that I, I think they're going to try to build it more. Maybe not by one star back, right? Like not pay some back. They, they want this this running back by committee. They want to be able to do run between the tackles. And Austin was able to do that. But I think where Austin made a lot of his hay were some of these outside zone plays where he's just going to the edge. He's running duo. They're out of the backfield uh, catching balls and stuff like that. And I think that's great. But you look at Greg Roman and you look at Harbaugh offensively, they want to run the football. Okay. And nothing better for a quarterback than a run game. And I think that's probably what he meant by that. But I, I, I do think maybe Eckler and some, some people in his camp may have taken it, uh, taken it as like, oh, that's sort of a shot at me. Like, where are these 40 touchdowns you're talking about? Like, what are you talking about? We don't run the ball. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go separate ways.
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that one shakes out because he's been such a fixture of that offense for the last few years. Um, you mentioned all the players that they have with the cap money, right? Bosa, Mike Williams, Mag, yeah. maybe even Keenan. I don't think Keenan's going anywhere. But you can't. They're probably going to have. Go. They're, they're going to have to get let somebody go, right? Yeah. They're going to have to let somebody go. So in your mind, yeah. who do you think is most likely to be trimmed up from those players? I think that I think that Khalil Mack, even though I mean career, I think he's probably going to get traded. Like there's a ton of interest in the trade market for Khalil Mack. I think Joey Bosa, he's been hurt on and off when I was there. If you can somehow make that contract work, like I still think he is an elite pass rusher in this league. I really do. Uh, and, and then with the Mike Williams thing, like I, I think he's great, but I think the injury issue, his knee's a little messed up, still uh, obviously hurt a couple years ago with his back, all that stuff. Like if I had to pick two to keep, it'd be Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa. Now, will they keep two? I don't know. Like I just think of all of them, I don't know who you're going to cut, but I do think Keenan Allen is the piece that you have to keep from the slot, from an X receiver outside, a Z receiver outside, anywhere you move him. Like I know, I know how Herbert and he he said it. How Herbert feels about Keenan and how Keenan feels about Herbert. It's a perfect match. You cannot just start over. And 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 look, they're drafting five. There's some receivers. Yeah. This receiver yeah. draft, the top three. Okay, Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison, and the guy from Washington, Rome. Like they are legit number one receivers are you going to pick a receiver at five i think you sort of have to now i wouldn't be surprised if they pick joe alt and put him at right tackle right like all this stuff that comes out in notre dame he's just a stalwart so you have both edges set so it's going to be interesting to see how harbaugh and this new regime draft and go about building this roster you're honestly we're, we're going to hear a lot about it at the combine in the next couple months or weeks in free agency in the draft too yeah, you mentioned the combine, and you mentioned it uh, in the interview with Justin that it's not your favorite oh, thing in the world. Um, what is it that you don't like about the combine? And you Look, can't I, say I everything. Just, yeah, everything. No, I mean every, everything. <laughs> everything. I, I think the only thing. Let, let me just start with the only thing that I do like about the combine is these prospects able to meet in person with regimes of teams. That's the only thing I like. I think running out into the field testing. In, in just your underwear, everyone's shirts off, everyone, and you just got grown men walking around in underwear, training. Like, you think that your draft position is going to improve based on workouts that you do? Like, I think pro days are way better. Now, I will say, and we talked about it before, and I'm going to give you the credit, I do think for yeah. the smaller school prospects, right, yeah. I do think it's a big deal for them because they're getting in front of these teams but when you're the top prospects when you're the top 100 120 prospects it can like that's why you're hearing like Caleb Williams is not throwing Marvin Harrison Jr. is not doing a thing no workout wise at all Jaden Daniels is not throwing I get it I don't I don't like it's just, like Justin even said <clears throat> it's more of a mental thing where you're waking you up earlier they're they're praying you down to rooms and you're having to remember plays and you have 15 minutes with this team but then you're meeting in the train room for five minutes with OCs just like round robin it's just like a I, I just don't I don't I don't love that because I don't think yeah. that unless you're like an undrafted guy and just like run a four three forty which there's team there's guys like that and and look I'm yeah. covering the NFL uh combine for four straight days Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday for NFL Network and I'm excited to dig into it because I didn't want to learn more about these new prospects but just the fact of the matter is I think it's more so for GMs and agents that do yeah. well uh, the legal tampering period or whatever the heck it is for, for building free agency. I think that's a big deal. 
Listen, the two most important things at the Combine are the things we never see, and it's the interviews with the players, and it's the medical stuff. It's the medical stuff. Those are the two, those are the two biggest things for most players at the Combine. And to your point, and I'm glad you did give me the credit, uh, there, there are two levels to this, right? If you're a star player, you, you have to understand the whole process, once your college season ends, whether it's in a regular season, bowl game, playoffs, whatever, once your, play, your college season ends and you declare for the draft, this is a make-your-value-grow period for players. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is to increase your value in the draft. So as a player, you have to protect that. So for a lot of these guys, there is no upside to doing a lot of this stuff. There is a downside. I've, you know, I've seen top prospects blow out their Achilles yeah. uh, on a pro day. And a pro day, and it yep. cost them Sidney Jones, a corner out of Washington a few years ago. Yeah. That cost him tens of millions of dollars. A Jabu out of Michigan a couple of years ago that the Ravens got tore his, his leg up uh, on a pro day drill. Like, you have to protect your investment. So they're, they're, this whole process leading up to the draft and free agent signings after the draft, is it's the players and their, their representatives' responsibility to increase their value. Meanwhile, yeah. the teams are trying to decrease their value. So they can get a no. It's true. So yeah. they can get a player at a lower draft position than they don't have to. Then they don't have exactly. So they don't have to pay him as much to get his services. So understand that process, okay? Yep. Underneath all of the underwear Olympics and all the stuff and the running and the stretching underwear and the jumping, Olympics, yes. that's what it is. It, it, it is literally about the players trying to increase their value. And on some level, at times, teams trying to decrease that player's value so they can get them at a later slot. That's yeah. the whole process. Yeah. And if you don't understand that about the process, you have missed the entire point. Totally. And I think the if I had to rank like where combine fits though in that process, like there's multiple ways, and I want to make sure the listeners understand. Like you look at all-star game practices. For me, that is the number one thing for the East-West Shrine or the Senior Bowl. Those practices, even more so than the game, where these NFL coaches are actually coaching these prospects and players. And you see it more times than not, these OCs and these defense coordinators and these, and these all-star games, they end up drafting guys that they had and they coached because they were able to get their hands yeah. on them for four or five practices. Okay, then you look at yeah. private workouts. I think private workouts are the number one thing that make all the difference in the world because you're able to get out there put boots on the ground, make sure you work them out. And, and then, and then pro days and then combine to me would be last other than the, the injury yeah. standpoint and, and everything that you were saying. And, and but the small, small school guys like the Cooper cups of the world, the Quentin Miners totally. of the world, they can shine yeah. at the combine. Top prospects have to look at it completely differently. Yeah. All right, my man, uh, go, go delve into the uh, combine for the next four yeah. days and we'll chat about it next week. I'm sure. All right. All right. Sounds good, buddy. 